Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Wolverine 24-7 podcast, your audio source for all things Michigan football, basketball, and recruiting. I'm your host, Zach Shaw. Steve Lorenz here with me. This is episode three of our position group preview series, looking at Michigan football's position groups heading into the 2023 season. We have done quarterback and running back. Next up is wide receiver. Our format's going to stay pretty similar. Biggest strength, biggest question mark, stat and or player that we're watching closely, and then closing with a bold prediction and and as well as talking about some of the position battles and storylines in fall camp along the way. Be sure to check out all of our written stories over at the michiganinsider.com, michigan.247sports.com. If you like Michigan football, you'll probably find the necessary amount of intel and stories and updates over there. All right, looking at wide receiver, unlike quarterback running back, I, I think this is a room that there's there's definitely some proven depth, but I don't know this is a group that is top 10 in the country yet. We'll, we'll talk about different ways that they can get to that level. But Steve, when I look at this room and I think about the biggest strength, I think Cornelius Johnson and Roman Wilson are very underrated Big play threats. They both were top eight in the Big Ten last season in yards per reception. I think Cornelius Johnson showed what he can be as a big play threat against Ohio State. What do you have? Four catches, 160 yards, two touchdowns. And then I think Roman Wilson took his turn against TCU. I believe he had five receptions, 109 receiving yards, and one touchdown, but let's face it, he was about as close as you can physically be to a second touchdown without it officially being ruled a touchdown. So I, I really like the big play threat. I think both of them, I mean, they're different receivers. They're not the, the same, but I think they both have great size, speed, shiftiness, abilities. They're good yards after the catch. They were both top 10 in the Big Ten and yards after the catch per reception last season which I think kind of that, that stuff kind of got overlooked because Ronnie Bell had such a fantastic season. But I, I think Cornelius Johnson, I think he's a, a genuine outside deep ball threat. And I think he's someone that showed also against Ohio State that, you know, even if he isn't catching it 30 yards downfield, he can still be a big play threat. And then Roman Wilson, I don't know how long you can go talking about Roman Wilson's game before his speed is mentioned. 4.37 laser time, 40 yard dash out of high school. Uh, he is... He is quick, whether he's lining up in the slot, whether he's lining up outside. You know, he's someone that that defenders have a very tough time staying with for long. So when Michigan gets good pass protection and J.J. McCarthy can find Roman Wilson, uh, I think you saw against TCU, good things can happen for the Wolverines. So I really like the big play ability of this group. And that's noting that also, I mean, it's not like they're the only two receivers. I think Darius Clemens... I see a lot of Nico Collins in his game. You know, I think there's still that that acclimation or adjustment process to the college level, but at the same time, coming out of high school, he had some some great combine times, I suppose. Uh, you know, Tyler Morris is we'll talk about him a lot in this episode. But I, I really like the big playability of this room. Steve, what in your mind is the biggest strength of this wide receiver room? Uh, it is the experience of the top two guys, right? <clears throat> some of Michigan's best seasons. Previous to the last two were Chesson and Darbo as as vets, right? I mean, Michigan's had veteran presence at that receiver position, and it's really paid dividends for them, and in, in, particularly in some big games. So, you know, I, I think it is that experience at the one-two spot. Those are great stats, by the way. Like, that kind of flies in the face of a lot of the 
sort of we've seen Michigan's biggest question mark, according to many pundits across the country, being that wide receiver position. Uh, I think the bigger questions are further down the depth chart. You know, there's been a lot of talk about is the top of their depth chart while experienced. Are they capable? Is it a national championship level tandem? Uh, you know, yeah, those are good stats. And and we we will see it. We, we talked about in the quarterback episode, we should see a better version of J.J. McCarthy this year, too, which means, in effect, should see better numbers for your top two receivers, right? So I, I definitely got to say it's that experience at, at the top of the depth chart. Just, just, you know, given that they aren't that deep or deep from an experience standpoint, it just means that much more that your top two guys – uh, do have that level of experience, uh, you know, because I said, as I said, feels like year in and year out, unless you're again, unless you're like a Bama or, or Ohio state at this point, obviously at receiver, uh, having experience at the top of your receiver depth chart is, is quietly a, a very big thing in terms of, uh, like playing national championship level football. Yes. And, and I think, you know, and I do think there is something to be said. We think about the senior Ronnie Bell obviously was good a lot of his career at Michigan, but I do feel like that senior year, he had that push. I, I think there are great freshman, sophomore wide receivers. I do think that there is a lot of value still in being an upperclassman veteran receiver. You know, you just understand defense a little bit better. You understand kind of the nuances of the position. You, you have built up some of that strength for catches in traffic or, you know, 50-50 balls, so to speak, you you understand, you know, kind of the receiver instincts and everything. The biggest question mark for me actually does have to do with those two. Well, I, I agree with you. I think there are some some questions remaining about the depth of the room, but I, I do think this is a question mark. Will the game-to-game consistency be there from the one or two of Michigan's wide receivers with Ronnie Bell gone? So here's here's a stat. Over his final 32 games, dating back to the 2019 season, Ronnie Bell recorded at least three receptions 24 times, at least 40 receiving yards 25 times. So seven games where he didn't get at least 40 receiving yards. He wasn't necessarily someone who was getting 100 yards a game. He only had four 100-yard games. But he had 17 games, more than half, where he had at least 70 yards. So you're talking about a receiver game in, game out. Michigan's varying starting quarterbacks, varying offensive coordinators, varying opposing defenses. He was able to step up and make plays. I mentioned the big playability for Roman Wilson, Cornelius Johnson. But last season, Cornelius Johnson had just four games with at least 40 receiving yards. And over the last two seasons, he only has nine with with that many out of 25 games. And Roman Wilson, I know injuries have played a little bit of a role, but in his last 25, in Michigan's last 25 games, he only has seven games with three or more receptions and eight with 40 or more receiving yards. So these are not, you know, they have, they've had big games on big stages, right? Can't get any bigger than at Ohio State and against TCU in the Fiesta Bowl. And each one of them showed out in one of those games. But will one of them be someone that every game, can contribute every game can have four five, six receptions, 40, 50, 60 yards. So far, I think that is still open to being answered. I, I don't think they've answered that question yet. 
certainly they have the skill to. I that's not that's not a question to me. But I do think there is that next level, and that's something Ronnie Bell really thrived in. And some of that's instinct, some of that's breaking free of your route, some of that is just having a better understanding. As I kind of mentioned, upperclassmen receiver things, the the instincts, the um, ball skills on a 50-50 pass, you know, being able to play through contact, things like that. And, and then just understanding how to get open for your quarterback because running your route is, is a skill, but getting open for your quarterback, I would argue is a second skill that top wide receivers need. I think that's particularly valuable at the college level is yeah, just a play breaks down. Are you finding a way to get open? If, if your quarterback can't see you on one route, can you break that route and, and find a way where he is going to see you downfield. So I think that's, to me, that's the big question is, is the game to game consistency. I'm not necessarily doubtful that they'll find it, but that is something, you know, if I'm Michigan's receivers coach or if I'm Michigan's coaching staff and I'm trying to figure out how to get the most out of this passing game, I think, you know, having a consistent go-to receiver or two that you're looking at every single game. I think that's a question that, that, if I'm the coaching staff, I want to see that answered this fall. Steve, your biggest question mark for this room? Yeah, I do think having a yeah a reliable, almost like a like a Jason Avant to your Mario Manningham, Adrian Arrington type deal. Maybe Avant was better than Arrington. I don't know. It's been a while, but or Breston, like a like a you know like a third guy, like uh, a chain mover. Which you talk about Ronnie Bell, great stat. I kind of wonder. And like you said, we're going to talk a lot about him. Does the fact that Tyler Morris has a is more familiar with JJ McCarthy as a passer than probably anybody else on the roster something that could maybe circumvent that that necessity of having to be a vet, you know, to maybe be that kind of guy, right? I mean, there has to be some value in the fact that those two have played together for a long time uh, in terms of just knowing each other's game knowing you know what each other what each one is capable of that having a little bit of a trust there uh you know i just i kind of wonder uh if he ends up being the guy who emerges at at the third spot which he very well could be um you know is that that's a a sort of a little built-in advantage for him is just having a familiarity with the guy who is going to be the number one quarterback so yeah i think it, it it does come down to finding you know sort of another another guy um, you know, which again, much like running back, it, although, you know, maybe more important at receiver because you're going to, you know, you want more than two receivers that can make plays. So uh, laundry list of guys that could fit that, that could fill that, fill that spot though. So, I mean, that, that's where it's a little bit, a little bit different uh, where I think we talk about running back where Michigan wants to try to maybe keep their younger players uh, from expiring eligibility. I think both of their true freshmen or all three of their true freshman receivers uh, who enrolled in the summer will all have ample opportunity to see the field. If they are, if they're capable, they are going to see the field. So again, kind of a, you could pick your poison uh, as far as which of these guys may end up emerging. Uh, But again, I think we give got to give Tyler Morris a slight advantage just because of his familiarity with JJ McCarthy, but also another, another player who quietly, actually played in some important situations last season for Michigan, right? I mean, didn't he – did he have a catch in the playoff game, at least one? I don't know that he did, but he did – he was 
on the field though. Fourth or fifth in the in the room in in um, snaps played. Right. So and I do think I think the transfers of older players than Tyler Morris after that game where he played that many snaps. I don't think that was unrelated coincidence. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's where I'm at. Yeah. I I think I'm just going to go ahead and pivot it into the conversation for that, the position battle. And I would argue the biggest position battle for this group is that number three wide receiver position because there's Tyler Morris, there's Darius Clemens, there's Peyton O'Leary, there's Frederick Moore. There's Samaj Morgan. There's Carmelo English. I think those are the candidates. If I'm missing someone, uh, I'm sure you'll be able to to jump in and correct me. But what's interesting to me about this number three position battle is that Roman Wilson can play anywhere. He can play out wide. They actually had him play at the slot more than people realized last season. Maybe maybe more than I realized when I looked at the snap counts. I mean, it was more than 80% of his snaps came out of the slots. But But at the same time, I think he... He is capable of playing outside. So it's really, even though like Frederick Moore is going to play a different role than Darius Clemens, they're both kind of battling for the same spot in a sense of, of that number three uh, on the in the hierarchy of pass catchers. And I don't know about you, Steve. I know during bowl practices and the, the first half of spring practices, Tyler Morris was one of the offensive players I was hearing the most about in terms of being next uh michigan kind of thinks that they have the next ronnie bell here i you know and that's uh, maybe that's premature but if you look at his skill set and what he was able to do and and also he wasn't an underrated recruit but the fact that he only played one game in his junior and senior seasons i think that caused a lot of people to maybe forget about him or or not even see everything he was capable of so he wasn't as unheralded of a recruit as Ronnie Bell was, but I think there is a little bit of that, that mystery in his, in his game. And I've talked about it earlier this summer. I think he's got great receiver instincts. I think he understands, as I mentioned a a few moments ago, there's running your route, which is important, but then there's also finding a way to get open for your quarterback. And, And as you mentioned, they played, you know, him and JJ McCarthy played together the first two years of high school uh, really, really electric duo, especially what was it? The 2019 season, I think is, is when they connected for more than 1200 yards and 68 catches. I mean, it, yeah, they, there's definitely some chemistry. JJ McCarthy talked about, it. I have a story about it over at the Michigan insider.com. It's, it's a real thing. And I don't think that means that he's not, you know, JJ McCarthy doesn't have connections with, a lot of these other receivers, but I do think that helps in terms of, you know, we talk about the Ronnie Bell ability. It seemed like no matter who was quarterback, he was a quarterback's best friend. He was that kind of receiver where he was, if the play broke down, he was going to find a way to be open. He was going to make sure you found him, I guess is how I would put it. So yeah, I, I kind of like Tyler Morris in that number three receiver position battle, but I do think, you know, Darius Clemens year two, I think he has the physical tools to be kind of the next Nico Collins. You know, I think Peyton O'Leary, I think everyone who saw the spring game saw what he's capable of. And then as as you kind of hinted at the freshmen, they're all going to have a chance. They're all going to play in some of those early games. They're all going to get some targets. And, and it seems like Frederick Moore is the one getting the most buzz from inside the building. 
But Steve, any any additional thoughts on this number three receiver position battle and and has a genuine favorite emerged in your eyes? I don't know if a yeah, I mean, I guess if we're going based solely off of the talk, it does sound like maybe Tyler Morris, but again, maybe much like like if we talk about Cole Cabana, but but even maybe more so as far as Clemens being closer to seeing the field. Uh, it's hard to deny that Darius Clemens probably doesn't have the highest ceiling, at least of the non-numbered one, like the top outside of the top two, as far as this season goes, just because of those physical attributes, right? I mean, think about the catch he made in last year's spring game as a, as a true freshman. I mean, you know, highlight reel, diving catch, like, you know, not everybody can make those kind of catches. Uh, and And like I said, he's got, you mentioned earlier, he's got a very... NFL combine friendly profile, right? Size wise, athleticism wise. I mean, he's just got that. That's what made him such a coveted recruit. I mean, he was a borderline top 100 guy for the bulk of the process. So, uh, you know, and like I said, there's a reason for that. So again, what does Michigan want? Do they want reliability? Do they want, and again, that's not a net, that's not a negative thing at all. That's not like a knock, like reliability is massive reliability will eventually get you drafted as Ronnie Bell did. And I, I want to say Ronnie Bell got some run at punt returner yesterday for San Francisco. I don't know if San Francisco played or not, but I, I know at least in practice, he's been getting run as a punt returner. I mean, he's already seen finding a niche as a rookie in his seventh round draft pick, but or do you go for the high, the high ceiling play? Uh, I, I think as a third receiver, you probably want, you know, like I said, a chain mover. Or at least somebody that you can count on on third and seven, third and eight, if if your first two options are are covered. So, and again, like I, I like I said, I just think having familiarity with JJ McCarthy is is really a nice little benefit for Morris that the other guys on the roster don't have either. So, you know, probably between those two guys. But as I said, I think both of the true freshmen are guys that are much like, not like Morris, but just guys. I think that Michigan really feels like we're kind of underrated throughout the recruiting process. Uh, you know, Samaj Morgan, a guy who committed so early that I think there's a tendency sometimes to not scout guys who commit super early as heavily as you commit, as you scout uncommitted guys that there are still like recruiting battles for, you know what I mean? We've seen it every year with Michigan. Morris actually kind of fits that bill too. Although to be totally fair with in that situation, yeah, he wasn't playing because of injury. So not much you can scout, but very forgotten like Morris was though, even though he was on the field. Uh, and then Fred Moore, I think there were like some, I don't know if it was miscommunication or, or some issues about like his speed, but I think he's faster than what our numbers at 24 yeah. seven suggested. Right. I, I mean, think we had him down for an 11.5 second, 100 meter dash. And then he was saying this spring that he ran a 10, eight. That is a huge difference. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's that's over half a second faster, <laughs> right? So, so I mean, like that's that's a fast receiver versus like a slow tight end. Uh, yeah, like, like yeah. right. And and so there you go. You know, I think again, we were more was a guy that we were told continuously throughout the process was somebody that they were much higher on than. And again, even then, I still think we had him at like an eighty-eight or eighty-nine. It's not like we had him like really, really low or anything. But you know, even then. Uh, so, you know, again, so a few names, you know, and, and yeah, Peyton O'Leary, who may have had the best spring game of any of them. So, you know, there are options, but I, I'd, I'd probably give Tyler Morris the edge right now. Yep. 
We're going to hit a quick break on the other side. We'll look at stats and or players to watch as well as bold prediction for this room. You're listening to the Wolverine 24-7 podcast. And we're back. Thanks for waiting. So, Steve, I, I think my, my X Factor player was Tyler Morris. I feel like we've talked about him enough. So I'm going to quickly go through one more stat. I know there's been a few different stats in this particular episode, but I think one stat that I'll be watching to see how this room has progressed from last season is contested catch rate. So last season, Michigan's wide receivers via pro football focus had only 12 contested catches on 38 attempts. That's a rate of 31.6%. Ohio state. Meanwhile, was 33 for 60 on contested catches. Michigan state was 25 for 45 and Penn state was 24 for 41. So Michigan was not only low on the percentage compared to some of their toughest opponents in the Big Ten, they were also low on quantity of contested catches as well. So Michigan has to be better there, right? You know, when people aren't sold on this wide receiver room, I think they're looking at the game-to-game consistency that Ronnie Bell brought, and I think they're also looking at contested catches and, and you know, kind of going up there and making a play when it's not necessarily given that the play is going to be made. There's some value into getting open downfield, but you're not always going to be open downfield. And sometimes you do have to go make a play. And so I think that's one area that I'll be watching. I think Rowan Wilson was actually pretty, pretty good at it last year. He just didn't have a lot of those plays. He was three for four in contested catches. But like Cornelius Johnson, I think if if we're thinking, okay, how can Cornelius Johnson become an all big 10 receiver or day two draft prospect? He's 11 for 31 in his career on contested catches. I think that next step for his size, for his athletic ability, I think the next step for him is to become just a beast at those 50-50 passes or or you know, getting in, in. I think about like the end zone, right? Sometimes the quarterback's just going to throw the ball up there and it's your job to go get it. I think that is the next step for him. And then I think when we think about the number three receiver, if you're Clemens, if you're Morris, if you're O'Leary, that's one way to really impress your coaches is is making those catches in traffic, making catches with a player kind of draped around you or, or bumping into you. You know, it's 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 a skill. It's not easy to do. But I do think if you look at where Michigan's receiver room is now and where they can go, I think that's one stat that I'm going to be watching early on to see if this room can develop in that regard, because I do think that there's, there's some untapped potential there. Steve player or stat that you're going to be watching the most closely this season from the receiver room. Uh, You always go with stat. I usually go with player. I am going to go with Clemens partially along the lines of what you were saying, because I think he's the most capable of making an impact in that regard. Uh, But again, just the player, I think most capable of raising the ceiling of the, of the unit as a whole, uh, this year. So, and you know, cause again, we're talking about a team very veteran laden this year, going to lose quite a bit of experience heading into next season. Um, Michigan is in win now mode and, you know, a, another big play guy at the receiver position is one of those things that could be the difference between let's say getting to the playoffs and at least winning a playoff game, right? Another threat alongside the guys that we've talked about in the last couple episodes um, and who we'll talk about at tight end 
uh, moving forward. So, you know, for that reason, I'm, I'm keeping an eye on Darius Clemens to see, you know, if he can emerge uh, because he is that guy. Like I said, I think his, just his abilities physically, uh, you know, you've mentioned Nico Collins. I mean, Nico started to make a pretty decent impact his sophomore season. Right. And uh, so if Clemens can, can take, can take a step forward, even let's say starts off maybe a guy like who, who maybe enters the season as the number four guy, but just, again, another guy gets more and more reps in a game time situation, gets used to the speed of the game against uh, legit competition and then can really build off of it. Uh, you know, and, and can be a guy in October and November that they can rely on, uh, like you said, in key situations. So uh, he'd be the guy that I'd be keeping on an eye on. Yeah. I think with Clemens, I'll, I, I might go dig up all of his, combine stats but I, I believe he was under a 4-4 in the 40-yard dash at 205 pounds I mean that's in six foot three that's definitely something to keep an eye on I mean just being that big and that fast it feels like it's hard hard to stay on the bench for for long right and there's there's more to the wide receiver position but but yeah you you mentioned you, there's actually a very long list of outside receivers who really started to make an impact their sophomore and junior seasons. So a lot of breakout potential there. All right. Going to close with predictions for the room for this season. I struggled to find one that was interesting and also bold, but also plausible, like, like realistic. So this is the one I came up with. I said, Roman Wilson and Cornelius Johnson each surpass 600 scrimmage yards. Uh, I don't think there's a 1000 yard receiver in the room this year, not the way Michigan likes to spread the ball around, but I think quietly Wilson and Johnson are both primed for big seasons, especially with not just Ronnie Bell gone, but Andrew Anthony and AJ Henning gone. I mean, that's a lot of experienced uh, targets. That's a lot of experienced yards. In other words, I think JJ McCarthy is going to be throwing to these two more than he did last season. And over the past two seasons, they've both exceeded 400 scrimmage yards twice. So I don't think 600, I mean, it sounds a little bold off the, off the top, but then you think about what they've done, both of them have done the past two seasons. I think it's it's actually quite attainable. So that's, I don't know, maybe it's bold, maybe it's not bold, but but I think I think that as much as we're talking about the breakout potential of some of these potential number three and number four and number five wide receivers. I, I think number one and number two are going to get a lot of catches, a lot of passes this season. They both have NFL athleticism. They're both on NFL draft boards, maybe not top 100 prospects yet, but you know, this is in some ways, I, I think this room gets a little underrated just because of how stacked Michigan is at other position groups. You know, this might be one of the quote unquote weaker position groups for Michigan but I do think they're they're still very talented, very capable players at the top. And I think they're both going to have big seasons. It might not be first team all Big Ten, but I think that they're both going to be very effective this year in their in their well, for Roman Wilson, his senior year for Cornelius Johnson, I guess his second senior year. I I think that uh they'll both be effective and and over the course of the season be very productive players steve any any prediction from you for this room i think in the third the three four spot i think we see at least i think all four of the guys that we mentioned are going to see legitimate like i think both of michigan's true freshmen 
may burn their red shirts or the, sorry, the, the two that we've heard the most about, at least with Morgan and more being early enrollees. Um, we'll see if Carmelo English catches up. I know there've been some good comments made about him as well, but I think Morgan and, and more getting a head start. Uh, you know, I, I think those, both of those guys will, will burn their red shirts uh, as Michigan like I said, sort of in an opposite position of running back where I think they want to build experience at the bottom of their depth chart this year to make it, to create a better situation for them in the future. Whereas running backs more of a preservation type position, right? So, uh, you know, I think Michigan will take an opposite approach here, get both of their freshmen some ample playing time and uh, yeah, give them a good foundation to build off of heading into year two next year. All right, there we go. That's going to do it for this episode. If you missed the quarterback and running back preview episodes, be sure to check those out. Wherever you saw this one, you can probably find those two. And of course, stay tuned for the tight end, offensive line, D-line, edge, linebacker, cornerback, safety, special teams episodes coming up. If you if you can't wait and you want to read about it now, be sure to check all of our stories out over at the michiganinsider.com, michigan.247sports.com. We've got Fall camp intel. We've got press conference updates. We've got the analytical previews that I like to do. We've got we've got just about everything for Michigan football fans this time of year, so be sure to check that out. For Steve Lorenz, I'm Zach Shaw. This has been the Wolverine 24-7 Podcast. We'll see you next time.